It's the Old Man Yells at Music podcast. And here's your host, that moderate-talking middle-aged man himself, Roger Stroop. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Old Man Yells at Music podcast. I'm Roger Stroop. This week we're going way back to the week of April 17, 1971. This was, as they say, a turbulent time. Vietnam protests in America, the UK dealing with violent unrest in Northern Ireland, and even Canada had a four-day prison riot in, at Kingston Penitentiary. Let's see if the pop culture around all this chaos was more soothing. The movies that came out this month included Summer of 42, the story of a teenage boy's summer romance with a young woman whose husband is killed in World War II. That's got sex in it, but not violence. And it was one of the top ten grossing movies of the year, so I guess, in a way, that soothed a lot of people. There was Pretty Maids All in a Row, which was about a serial killer murdering high school girls. Somewhat less soothing. And it starred Rock Hudson, Angie Dickinson, and Telly Savalas, all of whom would star in TV crime shows later in the decade, for whatever that's worth. There was Valdez is Coming, a Burt Lancaster western where the main character gets tied to a cross and is forced to walk through a desert. I'm not sure how I'd describe that, but probably not as soothing. And there was also Shinbone Alley, a cartoon about a guy who commits suicide and is reincarnated as a cockroach, then falls in love with a cat, tries to lead an insect revolution, and later gets involved with ladybug prostitutes. And did I mention Carol Channing did the voice of the cat? Definitely not soothing, but certainly trippy enough to make you forget the world around you. On television, the big story in America was going on behind the scenes. The scenes as around this time, CBS was conducting its famous Rural Purge, in which shows that appealed to viewers outside major urban centers, such as the Beverly Hillbillies and Green Acres, were canceled to make way for edgier city-set sitcoms like The Mary Tyler Moore Show and All in the Family. This was the first time that the TV industry decided that the number of people watching their shows wasn't as important as who those people were, where they were from, and most importantly of all, how much money they had to spend on the things advertisers were paying to sell them. This was the beginning of the road to where we are to where we are now, where all that matters is how a show does with the demo. On the bestseller lists, Leon Uris was writing high with QB7, which wasn't about a fictional quarterback, but rather a fictional libel trial. It would become a hit ABC miniseries, as would another as would another novel on the list at the time, Irwin Shaw's Rich Man, Poor Man. Two other books were still selling while their film adaptations were still in theaters. The aforementioned Summer of 42 by Herman Rauscher and Love Story by Eric Siegel. In nonfiction, books speculating about the effects of cultural and technological change were hot, particularly Charles Reich's The Greening of America and Alvin Toffler's Future Shock. Also hot, in more ways than one, was the sex handbook, The Sensuous Man, credited, credited to someone known simply as M. And in music, the Rolling Stones signed a new record deal which gave them their own label, Rolling Stones Records. Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young released the live album Four Way Street. 
and the Eurovision Song Contest was won by Monaco with a song called Un Banc, Un Arbre, Un Rue, which means a bench, a tree, a street. And now to the charts. As always, we start below the top 40s. And this time we go up to Canada to look down the charts to, to find their number 95 song, Uncle Wiggly by Howie Vickers. From Vancouver, Howie Vickers got his start in 1961 as the lead singer of the house band of local radio station CFAN. Later in the decade, the band changed its name to The Collectors and then picked up a couple of Canadian top 40 hits in 1967. But they had less success afterward, and Vickers left the band in 1969 for a solo career that produced this song. Uncle Wiggly is about a character from a series of children's stories and a popular kid's board game. He's an elderly rabbit with rheumatism who walked with the help of a candy-striped cane. I don't know much more than that, but here's how Howie describes him. He carries a fleece and a magic crutch. He's a gentle man with a gentle touch. And there's really no one quite as much as Uncle Wiggly. One rabbit of a guy. He's got more sun than a sunny day. Open your eyes and he'll come your way. And when he comes, you'll hear the people say, That's Uncle Wiggly. One rabbit of a guy. He knows everything that I know. He goes where I want him to go. Everyone loves him. We're all his friends. Everyone swears he's the loving end. And I appreciate telling you again about Uncle Wiggly, one rabbit of a guy. Set to shuffling keyboard-driven rock, it's a strange but catchy song. Uncle Wiggly would peak at number 83. I don't know what happened to him, but the rest of the collectors would form a new band, Chilliwack, who would be a staple on Canadian radio for more than a decade. We will certainly encounter them in the future. Now to the top 40s, and the number 39 song in Canada, Snowblind Friend by Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf began as a Toronto band called Sparrow. They went to New York to record for a major label, but after little success, they moved to California, changed their name to Steppenwolf, and began playing harder rock. They got a new deal, and they made a huge break breakthrough with the 1968 song Born to be Wild, which hit number one in Canada and number two in the U.S. They had two more North American top tens shortly afterward. Snowblind Friend was their ninth Canadian top 40. Snowblind Friend is an acoustic rocker about a man with a crippling addiction to a drug, likely cocaine. The arrangement and the performance, to me, have echoes of the Elvis song, In the Ghetto. Here are some lyrics. You say it was this morning when you last saw your good friend lying on the pavement with a misery on his brain, stoned on some new potion he found upon the wall of some unholy bathroom in some ungodly hall. He only had a dollar to live on until next Monday, but he spent it all on comfort for his mind. Did you say you think he's blind? Someone should call his parents, a sister or a brother, and they'll come to take him back home on a bus, but he'll always be a problem to his poor and puzzled mother. Yeah, he'll always be another one of us. He said he wanted heaven, but praying was too slow. So we bought a one-way ticket on an airline made of snow. Did you say you saw your good friend flying low? 
flying low, dying slow. It's like this detached narrative about someone else's tragedy. It conveys that this is a terrible thing that is happening to the person, but you just don't feel like singer John Kay is really empathetic beyond a really surfacey. isn't that just too bad? Well, anyway, let's get far away from this unpleasantness by going on a magic carpet ride. Snowblind Friend was down from a peak of number 37. It got to number 60 in the U.S. Steppenwolf had three more top 40 singles before breaking up in 1976. In 1980, John Kay put together a new lineup under the name John Kay and Steppenwolf. They recorded four albums and performed together until 2018. Now we go to the UK for the first time, looking at their number 32, Tomorrow Night by Atomic Rooster. Atomic Rooster was formed in 1969 when organist Vincent Crane and drummer Carl Palmer left the band The Crazy World of Arthur Brown. Their 1970 debut made the top 50 of the British album chart, but shortly after, Palmer left to form a prog rock group with keyboardist Keith Emerson and guitarist Greg Lake. Bassist Nick Graham also left, but Crane continued with a new lineup, and their second album produced their first charting single. Tomorrow Night is a blues rocker with that certain feel that only British bands seem to give. You can almost smell the pub lager. The lyrics are about doubts in a relationship, and here they are. When I wake up in your bed, I can still hear what you said. Like a bad dream I can't fight, tomorrow night. Am I lying here next to you? Am I thinking I need to really love you? Do it right, tomorrow night. Time goes so slow when you're gone. Days turn to years. It seems so long. If you still feel like today, if tomorrow's the same way, then I'll know it'll be right tomorrow night. Can't you trust me to see it through? Can't you wait till I see you? When you're working, you're up tight tomorrow night. It's the audio equivalent of a well-poured pint. And because I still sometimes have the sense of humor of a 10-year-old, it amuses me that the band's name could be translated as Radioactive Cock. And it also tickles me that 30 years later, there was a British girl group called Atomic Kitten, whose name could be translated as... I'll... Anyway, Tomorrow Night was down from a peak of number 11. Their next single, Devil's Answer, hit number four. But after that, the group went through several more lineup changes with Vincent Crane as the only constant, and they produced no more hits until before breaking up in 1975. Crane put together yet another lineup that released two albums in the 80s, then they disbanded again in 1983. Crane joined Dexy's Midnight Runners, then when they broke up in 1987, he planned to reform Atomic Rooster yet again, but before that happened... He died of a painkiller overdose in 1989. But in 2016, some of the band's various members got permission from Crane's widow to use the name, and they have been playing gigs ever since. Now we make our first trip to America for their number 33 song, Baby Let Me Kiss You by King Floyd. Born in New Orleans in 1945, King Floyd III, yes, that was his real name, started singing in bars on Bourbon Street. He went to California in the late 60s and recorded an album, but it flopped. 
and he returned home and got a job at the post office. But in 1970, a local producer asked, asked him to give recording another shot, and he cut a song called Groove Me, which would hit number six and sell over a million copies before the end of that year. Baby Let Me Kiss You was the follow-up. Baby Let Me Kiss You is a new is New Orleans gut bucket funk, thick as gumbo. Floyd's voice is smooth and pleading. Between his tr his trademark all sookie sookies. <laughs> yes, I'm white. He delivers lyrics like these. Baby, let me do it. Let me do it to you. Let me kiss you, baby. Baby, can I do it? Can I do it to you? Can I kiss you, baby? Because, baby, you're giving me such a groovy sensation. But don't stop it now, baby. I might lose your vibration. Your sweet conversation, it keeps turning me on. Yeah. My mind is so weak, girl. All my resistance is gone. Now you know you got me in a bad situation. You keep it up, baby. I might lose my reputation. This is the kind of music that isn't just sexy. It evokes sex. It rolls and tumbles and collides and makes ecstatic noise. For me, you can put it up there with Ravel's Bolero. Baby Let Me Kiss You would peak at number 29. King Floyd wouldn't have any further hits, but Groove Me would be used frequently in movies, TV shows, and commercials. Baby Let Me Kiss You was also sampled on Shaggy's 1995 hit, Boombastic. King Floyd died of complications from a stroke and diabetes in March of 2006. Now we stay in the States to look at song number 25, Chickaboom, Don't You Just Love It, by Daddy Dewdrop. Dick Mondo was born in Cleveland in 1940. His family soon moved to California, and young Dick appeared in a few movies in the early to mid-50s. In the 60s, he began writing and recording music under the name Daddy Dewdrop. And in 1970, he was hired to perform and produce songs for a Saturday morning cartoon called The Groovy Ghoulies. One of those songs, with some lyrical adjustments, became his first and only charting single. Chickaboom, Don't You Just Love It, is 50s-style rock about a guy who goes on a wild goose chase after a pretty lady. He ends up following her through several doors, though there's no mention whether or not any of them are green. See if you can figure out from this lyric sample why this wasn't the version used in a kid's show. Last night, I had a crazy dream about a chick in a black bikini. Oh, she looked so good, she couldn't be real. So she must be a magic genie. But then she disappeared around a corner. All I saw were three doors and the top of her bikini. I made it through the first door. There was a party going on. I asked about the chick, but, all they, but what they said was this. Chick-a-boom, chick-a-boom, don't you just love it? Chick-a-boom, chick-a-boom, don't you just love it? Chick-a-boom, chick-a-boom, don't you just love it? Chick-a-boom, chick-a-boom-boom-boom. I found the bottom half behind the second door, which took me to Africa, I presume. This really far-out cat was screaming half-crazy. Bomp, bomp, a loo bomb, a, a long bamboo. I said, I said, hey man, cut that jive, and tell me where the chick went. But he looked at me as pleased as could be, and said a lot of words, but I wondered what they meant. Chickaboom, 
etc. Yeah, I don't think an American network in 1971 would have let three comedic comedically animated monsters sing about a scantily clad woman who is completely naked halfway through the song for eight-year-olds to sing along to over their bowls of Cap'n Crunch. But you could totally let them hear it on the kitchen radio while eating their cereal before getting the ready for school. I'm not speaking in favor or against this, just an observation. Chickaboom, Don't You Just Love It would reach number nine three weeks later. It did, it did even better in Canada, getting to number two. He wouldn't have any further hits, but he would later return to acting in B-movies with titles like Oversexed Rug Suckers from Mars. He's apparently still alive and living in Woodland Hills, California. We're back in Canada now to look at their number 26 song, Gotta See Jane by R. Dean Taylor. Richard Dean Taylor was born in Toronto in 1939. He had a couple of local hits in 1961, then, moved, then he moved to Detroit, where he was hired as an artist and songwriter by Motown. He wrote or co-wrote hits for The Temptations, The Four Tops, and most notably, the Supreme smash Love Child. In 1968, he had a hit as a singer when Gotta See Jane made the top 20 in Britain. In 1970, he released Indiana Wants Me, a song about a fugitive writing to the woman he killed to defend just as the police are closing in on him. That topped the Canadian charts and got to number two and number five in the UK and US, respectively. The next year, Gotta See Jane was reissued in North America. Gotta See Jane is urgent drama pop about a man who is frantically driving to see the woman he loves, who he had left for some reason. Here's the explanation of his motivation. Red light, green light, speeding through the dark night, driving through the pounding rain, I gotta see Jane, freeway, byway, eating up the highway, running up a world insane, just gotta see Jane, a town of steel that isn't real, it could not feel what's in the heart of me, I was so alone in a world of stone. I missed her arms that once held me, that made me see I was the lonely one. But now and then, I was running scared, and I could feel the touch of time. Turning the wheel of life to yesterday, when love and happiness were mine. I gotta find that world of Jane, Jane and me, like it used to be. Oh, I gotta see Jane. Her love for me, I pushed aside. Walked out alone to face a world turned cold. There's no external event driving the guy's desperation, unlike the imminent presence of the cops in Indiana Wants Me. But Taylor still makes you believe that seeing Jane as soon as possible is of the utmost importance, and you want him to get there. Gotta See Jane would reach number 12 here, but only got to number 67 in the U.S. He had a few more minor hits in North America, and a big one in the UK when a re-release of his 1967 song, There's a Ghost in My House, hit number three in 1974. He continued recording into the 80s, but he hasn't put out anything new since 1983. We're in Britain again to look at number 30, Rosetta by Fame and Price Together. 
Georgie Fame was a Lancashire-born R&B singer and pianist who had three number ones in the 60s. Alan Price was the original keyboardist for the Animals, and then, then he had several hits with his own group after leaving the Animals in 1965. In 1971, the two collaborated on an album, and this was their, their first single. Rosetta is a hybrid of blues rock and British music hall. It's about a woman who isn't often on her best behavior when she's out in public. Here are some lyrics. Well, my little girl is a sweet little girl, but she does things that make your eyebrows curl. You let her loose on a Friday night, you know it's going to end in a fight. Rosetta drinks her whiskey neat. She gets in a fight, and she might get beat. So I go round on the Saturday night and ask her if she feels all right. Rosetta, are you better? Are you well, well, well? Rosetta, are you better? Are you well, well, well? Well, well, well. Well, well, well. Well, well, well. We all know people like that, don't we? Anyway, this isn't much more than a trifle, which may be considered a disappointment given the, ta given the talent involved. Rosetta would peak at number 11. Fame did not have any f further hits, but he has continued to record and perform. He has worked with Van Morrison since the 90s, and he's a member of Bill Wyman's Rhythm Kings, a group led by the ex-Rolling Stones bassist. Price would have one more hit in 1974, but he has continued to make music, including scores for film and television. Hi, this is your host, Roger Stroop, letting you know that if you like my point of view on old pop music, you can actually find lots more of it on the Old Man Yells at Music blog. I've been looking back at top 40 charts from the 70s, 80s, and 90s and beyond for almost 10 years now. And I've done hundreds of entries and covered thousands of songs from the American, Canadian, and British charts. From the A's to ZZ Top. From Abacab to Zoom. You'll also find my Uneasy Rider tournaments, celebrating the odd ducks of the American Top 40. The 70s tourney is complete, but the 80s one is just getting started. And you can follow along on the blog as it progresses. And of course, you can find links to the latest episode of this podcast and the accompanying YouTube playlists there. So take a look at the Old Man Yells at Music blog, which you can find at bobbyglovescasey.blogspot.com. Why is it there? You'll have to go there to find out. That's the Old Man Yells at Music blog at bobbyglovescasey.blogspot.com. You get into the top 20s with a number 13 song in the UK, Baby Jump by Mungo Jerry. From Colpington, England, Mungo Jerry named themselves after a character from T.S. Eliot's poetry collection, Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats. Yes, the same book that inspired the Cats musical and the infamous movie. Their first single, In the Summertime, was an international hit, going to number one in Britain and Canada, and number three in the U.S. Baby Jump was their follow-up. While In the Summertime was a carefree skiffle number, Baby Jump is an ominous-sounding hard rocker with lyrics about Ray Dorsett's lusting after someone. Here's some of what he growls. She wears those micro-mini dresses, hair hanging down her back. She wears those see-through sweaters. She likes to wear her stockings black. And if I see her tonight, you can bet your life I'll attack. She got beautiful teeth, a toothpaste ad man's dream. She got a beautiful form, the best I've ever seen. I gonna get her tonight. I don't care where she's been. Well, I said, baby, 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 what you doing to me? 
I said, baby, 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 what you doing to me? I said, baby, 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 jump into my dream. Then later, he uses some literary and cultural metaphors, including one where he compares himself to Humbert, Humbert, and the lady he's pursuing to Lolita. Now, that book may still be considered literature, but it's still about pedophilia, and I think that's a line you would not be able to cross in pop today. Just like they wouldn't be able to sing about drinking and driving like they did on In the Summertime. Baby Jump was two weeks removed from becoming their second number one. The group had a few more hits over the next couple of years, but they never returned to this peak of popularity, although they're still together and touring today. We head back to America for their number 17 song, Where Do I Begin? Love Story by Andy Williams. Born in Iowa in 1927, Howard Andrew Williams began singing in a quartet with his brothers Bob, Don, and Dick. The Williams brothers would perform on radio stations throughout the Midwest. Then they moved to California, where they were tapped to sing backup for Frank Sinatra on his 1944 hit, Swinging on a Star. The brothers then got a successful gig as backup vocalist for nightclub singer Kay Thompson. And when that act ended in 1953, Thompson guided Andy towards a solo career, which gained traction when he became the featured singer on Steve Allen's Tonight Show in 1954. Even as rock and roll took over the pop charts, Williams became one of the biggest music stars in America, with numerous hit singles and albums at his own TV variety show, which aired from 1962 to 1971. In 1970, as Paramount Pictures prepared to release the movie version of the best-selling novel Love Story, they commissioned a lyricist to write words for the film's main theme, and Williams was picked to sing them and release it as a single. Love Story was about two college students, a rich wasp played by Ryan O'Neill and a working-class Italian-American played by Ali McGraw, who fall in love and marry in spite of his family's objections and they're happy together until she gets cancer and dies. It would become a blockbuster, and is the 41st all-time highest-grossing film in North America adjusted for inflation. It gave the world the catchphrase, love means never having to say you're sorry, and it is cited as a major reason why Jennifer was America's most popular female baby name for the next decade and a half. And Williams' version had to compete with top 40 instrumental versions of the theme by both its composer, Francis Lai, and Henry Mancini. He meets this challenge by pouring all the emotion he can muster into words like these. Where do I begin to tell the story of how great a love can be? The sweet love story that is older than the sea. The simple truth about the love she brings to me. Where do I start? With her first hello, she gave new meaning to this empty world of mine. There'd never be another love, another time. She came into my life and made the living fine. She fills my heart. She fills my heart with very special things, with angel songs, with wild imaginings. She fills my soul which, with so much love that anywhere I go, I'm never lonely. With her around, who could be lonely? 
I reach for her hand. It's always there. It's a mushy performance of a mushy song from a mushy movie. You may love it, you may hate it, but you can't deny that it's exactly what it needs to be. Where Do I Begin Love Story was down from a peak of number nine. It also hit number four in both Canada and Britain. Williams would have one more U.S. hit with another movie theme, Speak Softly Love from The Godfather, and he'd also have a few more hits in the U.K. In 1992, he opened a theater in the resort town of Branson, Missouri, where he performed frequently for many years, during which he presently he pleasantly surprised ardent fans like young Nelson Muntz by holding off on his signature song, Moon River, until BAM! Second Encore. He died from bladder cancer in September of 2012. Back to Canada now for their number 11 song, One Toke Over the Line by Brewer and Shipley. Mike Brewer and Tom Shipley began playing together in Los Angeles in 1968. They had gotten a following from their first two albums, but it was a single from their third album, Tarkio, that broke, that broke them into the mainstream. One Toke Over the Line is a strange little song. In sound, it's standard folk rock but the lyrics are a combination of an obvious drug reference and themes of redemption, possibly religious in nature. Here are a few lyrics for you to judge. One toke over the line, sweet Jesus. One toke over the line. Sitting downtown in a railway station. One toke over the line. Waiting for the train that goes home, sweet Mary. Hoping that the train is on time. Sitting downtown in a railway station. One toke over the line. Who do you love? I hope it's me. I've been a changin', as you can plainly see. I felt the joy, and I learned about the pain that my mama said. If I should choose to make a part of me, would surely strike me dead. It's a song that could be condemned by politicians as glamorizing marijuana use, or be sung by the hopelessly square singers of the Lawrence Welk show, and referred to by the host as a modern spiritual. Both of those things actually happened, by the way. One Toke Over the Line would hit number five in Canada and number 10 in the U.S. The duo never had any more major hits, but they released several more th albums, most recently in 2001, and they performed together as recently as 2011. Both men currently live in Missouri. Into the top tens we go, starting with Canada's number two, Carry Me by the Stampeders. Originally from Calgary and sharing a name with that city's CFL team, the Stampeders formed in 1964 and relocated to Toronto two years later. They put out three singles in the late 60s, and one of them made the top 40. But it was their fourth, released in January of 1971, that became their true breakthrough. Carry Me is a country folk song about, of all things, a soldier in the American Civil War. This wasn't an unprecedented topic for a Canadian band, as The Band had released The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down two years earlier, but at least they had an American member in Arkansas's Levon Helm. The Stampeders had no such connection. 
Nevertheless, they persisted. Carry me home to Birmingham, to my Sarah Ann, to where I grew a man. Mm-mm, carry me away from this old war. I don't want to fight no more. I just wish it would end. Mm-mm. Here I'm tied down and homesick, and that old wind just blows so freely. Why can't it take me along? Mm-mm, carry me, with, your ran with you, rambling wind. It's the place you've been. I wish I was home again. It's got a memorable melody, and it's one of the few pop songs to refer to fruit preserves, 30 years before Destiny's Child talked about their jelly. I don't love it, but I respect it. Carry Me would get no higher than number two. Their next single, the banjo-driven Sweet City Woman, would not only go to number one here, but it also reached number eight in the States. They would have a dozen more hits in Canada, but they only scraped into the American Top 40 once more with a cover of Ray Charles's Hit the Road Jack in 1975. They broke up in 1977, but reunited in 1992, and they've been performing together ever since. To the UK again for their number four, Double Barrel by Dave and Ansel Collins. Singer Dave Barker and keyboardist Ansel Collins, no, they're not brothers, nor are they related in any way, were working for legendary Jamaican producer Lee Scratch Perry in 1970 when they decided to team up and do some songs. The first of these, Double Barrel, quickly topped the Jamaican chart, and the next year it was released in Britain. Double Barrel is a bouncy reggae groove with a catchy piano line. Over it, Dave Barker, in a voice enhanced by some kind of echo effect, shouts out enigmatic phrases such as these. I am the Magnificent. I'm backed by the shack of a soul. Bossed most turnin', stormin', sound a soul. I am W-O-O-O, -O -O, and I'm still up here again. Hey, work, 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 work. Build it up one time. Work it on, baby. Mush, 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 mush. Hit me one time. Uh, 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 uh. Sorry about that. Work it up on me. Work, 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 work. You're good, baby. You're good. And a true spin, baby. Hmm. I am the magnificent W-O-O-O. -O -O. Good God, too much. I like it. It sounds like almost like a transmission from outer space. A wonderfully strange-sounding record. Two weeks after this, Double Barrel would reach number one. Later in the year, it would peak at number 22 in the U.S. and number 41 in Canada. They released another single, Monkey Spanner, which made it the U.K. top ten but after that they have largely went their separate ways. They have reun reunited on a few occasions, most recently for a series of shows in 2012. Now we're in the USA one more time for their number seven song, Me and Bobby McGee by Janis Joplin. Born in Port Arthur, Texas in 1943, Janis Joplin developed a love for the blues in her formative years, 
and she sang with limited success until 1966 when she was invited to join the San Francisco band Big Brother and the Holding Company. With Joplin's dynamic voice attracting most of the attention, the group made it big in 1968 when their album Cheap Thrills went to number one and produced the number 12 hit Peace of My Heart. She went on her own shortly afterward, but her first solo album didn't quite match the success of Cheap Thrills, and she was making more headlines for her drug use and erratic behavior than her music. Midway through 1970, she went back into the studio to, re to record a new album, Pearl. Me and Bobby McGee would be the first single. Me and Bobby McGee was written by Chris Christopherson, who was romantically involved with Janice at one point. The song had already been recorded by Roger Miller, Gordon Lightfoot, and others. It's a folky ballad on which the singer recalls hitchhiking in the southern United States with Bobby McGee. Here are some lyrics. Busted flat in Baton Rouge, waiting for a train. And I was feeling near as faded as my jeans. Bobby thumbed a diesel down just before it rained. It rode us all the way to New Orleans. I pulled my harpoon out of my dirty ba red bandana. I was playing soft while Bobby sang the blues, yeah. Windshield wipers slapping time. I was holding Bobby's hand in mine. We sang every song that driver knew. Freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. Nothing don't mean nothing, hun, if it ain't free, no, no. And feeling good was easy, Lord, when he sang the blues. You know, feeling good was good enough for me. Good enough for me and my Bobby McGee. First of all, harpoon apparently means harmonica in this case. She's not saying that she was high enough to think that the truck they were riding in was a boat and they were going whaling. Now that that's cleared up, the song is a poignant portrait of a bond that forms and deepens on the open road, and Joplin's performance is suitably reflective and sad. And sad. And of course, she lets everything go at the end. Her wail is one of the defining voices of rock and roll. This is the pinnacle of her career, artistically and commercially. Me and Bobby McGee was two weeks removed from being at number one. It also hit number six in Canada. Sadly, the success all came posthumously, as she had died of an overdose the previous October, making her a part of the infamous 27 Club. This was the second single to be released after the artist's death to hit number one, after Otis Redding's Sitting on the Dock of the Bay in 1967. We'll recap the top tens and look at a number one after this. Hello, Roger Stroop again. We all know that COVID-19 is hitting small businesses particularly hard, and I have first-hand knowledge of this as my wife is a home-based music teacher. Right now, she isn't doing lessons at home, but she has been able to teach some of her students over the internet. Which got me thinking, you don't have to live in the St. Catharines, Niagara area to learn piano, voice, and or musical theory from Linda's lessons. I've told you before about her years of experience and many satisfied customers. I've also told you you can look up Linda's lessons on Facebook and see videos of her singing. You'll know for sure she knows what she's doing. So if you want to learn music, and you think you'd be more comfortable learning over the internet, take a look at the Linda's Lessons page on Facebook. At the very least, you'll hear an amazing singer. 
my wife, Linda Quick. Thank you very much. We're back. Now let's recap our three top tens, starting in the United States of America. Number 10, One Toke Over the Line by Brewer and Shipley. Number 9, For All We Know by The Carpenters, Karen and Richard's third top five at the beginning of their early 70s run. Number 8, Doesn't Somebody Want to Be Wanted by The Partridge Family. The second hit for Shirley Jones, David Cassidy, and their singing TV family. Number 7, Me and Bobby McGee by Janis Joplin. Number 6, Put Your Hand in the Hand by Ocean, a song about Jesus from a band from Toronto. Number five, Another Day by Paul McCartney. The Cute Beatles' first solo hit was a triple top five. Number four, She's a Lady by Tom Jones, the swivel-hipped Welshman's biggest American hit. Number three, Just My Imagination by The Temptations, the third number one for the Motown legends. Number two, What's Going On by Marvin Gaye, the title hit from the Motown star's groundbreaking album. And the number one song in America this week was Joy to the World by Three Dog Night, the L.A. band's second number one hit, and the song that introduced the world to a wine-drinking bullfrog named Jeremiah. Now let's check out what was in the top ten in Canada. Number 10, Put Your Hand in the Hand by Ocean. Number 9, Joy to the World by Three Dog Night. Number 8, Another Day by Paul McCartney. Number 7, Doesn't Somebody Want to Be Wanted by the Partridge Family. Number 6, She's a Lady by Tom Jones. Number 5, Where Do I Begin Love Story by Andy Williams. Number 4, Help Me Make It Through the Night by Sammy Smith. The California country singer had a cross-border top ten with another Chris Christopherson song. Number three, What Is Life by George Harrison, the Quiet Beatles' second solo hit. Number two, Carry Me by the Stampeders. And the number one song in Canada this week was Stay a While by The Bells, a really creepy sex ballad from a Montreal band. Seriously, this is the audio equivalent of cheesy 70s porn. And now at last, the British Top 10. Number 10, Power to the People by John Lennon and the Plastic Ono Band. The Smart Beatles' fourth hit outside of the group that made him famous. Number 9, Walkin' by CCS. The second hit for a group of session musicians also known as Collective Consciousness Society. Number eight, If Not For You by Olivia Newton-John. The Bob Dylan cover was the first major hit for the British-born Australian-raised singer. Number seven, There Goes My Everything by Elvis Presley. The King was still piling up hits like this cover of a 1966 country hit for Jack Green. Number six, Where Do I Begin Love Story by Andy Williams. Number five, Jack in the Box by Collada Rogers, Britain's fourth place finisher at Eurovision, sung by a lady from Northern Ireland. 
Number four, Double Barrel by Dave and Ansel Collins. Number three, Rose Garden by Lynn Anderson. The biggest international hit for a country star from North Dakota. Number two, Bridget the Midget by Ray Stevens. A song about a tiny blues singer from the novelty singer from Georgia. And the number one song this week, and our spotlight number one, was Hot Love by T-Rex. T-Rex began as Tyrannosaurus Rex, a psychedelic folk group formed in London in 1967 by singer-guitarist Mark Bolan. They had a couple of hits, and their albums sold well. But in 1970, Bolan reconfigured the band, shortened the name, and moved in a harder rock direction. They put out their first T-Rex single, Ride a White Swan, in late 1970, and it became their biggest hit to date, reaching number two. Hot Love was the follow-up. Hot Love begins with a straight blues riff that sounds like it could have been from a classic Robert Johnson or John John Lee Hooker recording. And it is pretty much a blues song, except delivered with detached British cool by Bolin. Here are some lyrics. Well, she's my woman of gold, and she's not very old. Ah, ha, ha. Well, she's my woman of gold, and she's not very old. Ah, ha, ha. I don't mean to be bold, but may I hold your hand? Well, she ain't no witch, and I love the way she twitch. Ah, ha, ha. Well, she ain't no witch, and I love the way she twitch. Ah, ha, ha. I'm a laborer of love in my Persian gloves. Ah, ha, ha. Well, she's faster than most, and she lives on the coast. Ah, ha, ha. Well, she's faster than most, and she lives on the coast. Ah, ha, ha. I'm her two-penny prince, and I give her hot love. Ah, ha, ha. The sound of this song, as well as the way Boland presented himself on live shows and appearances on the BBC pop show Top of the Pops, would go a long way to creating the template for the glam rock that would be such a force in British pop for the next few years. Hot Love was on its fifth of six weeks at number one. It would only get to number 47 in Canada and number 72 in the U.S. Their next single, Get It On, would also top the British charts, and it became their only North American hit, reaching number 12 in Canada and number 10 in America. T-Rex's first 10 U.K. singles all hit the top five, with four going to number one. After that, their singles began peaking lower in the top 40, but they were still having some success until the day in September 1977 when the car Bolin was riding in struck a fence post, killing him instantly. The band has remained popular and influential in the decades following his death, and T-Rex was recently announced as one of the 2020 inductees to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So how to sum up the pop music of April 1971? Well, blues-based rock was doing quite well everywhere, as were songs with folk influences. We were starting to learn that even though the Beatles had broken up, they were still going to be ubiquitous in their solo forms. But still, an old-school crooner could have one of the bigger overall hits of the time by attaching himself to a good old-fashioned love story. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Old Man Yells at Music podcast. As always, if you like what you've heard, share, subscribe, and leave a review where you found it. You can also leave feedback on the Facebook and Twitter feeds, both of which are at Mr. B. Glovehead, or on the blog post for this episode, which is at bobbyglovescasey.blogspot.com. As always, there's a companion YouTube playlist for this episode, 
which I will link to in the show notes. All lyrics quoted are for the purposes of discussion and review. No infringement is intended. Next time on the show, it's charts again, this time looking at the hits of early May 1989. I flash back to what was on the radio while I was in a play for my grade 12 drama class that was touring elementary schools. I was an ogre, by the way. Until then, thanks again for listening. I'm Roger Stroop, and I am going to the corner, gonna buy a diamond ring. When she hugs me and kiss me, make me ting-a-ling-a-ling. R.I.P. Richard. Stay safe, everybody.